whenever you talk to the, the businesses, a lot of them, they come to us for the money, but in the end, they value the support. Hi, and welcome to UmiCast, the podcast about business and entrepreneurship, which will help you do more and go further. Today, I'm joined by Richard Beerman, Managing Director of the Small Business Lending for the British Business Bank. Richard's been a champion for making it easier for startups and small businesses to access finance since the very start of his career. And today, Richard shares a little about his own journey and explains why Startup Loans Programme exists and how you can access it. So Richard, welcome and thanks for joining us today. We're really, really excited to hear um, more about you and your journey um, into helping businesses access finance, particularly startup and small businesses, but also how on earth you became such a kind of champion uh, and ambassador yourself for startup and and entrepreneurship. So can we start by you telling us a little bit about how you got here? Yeah, um, thank you very much. Nice, really nice to be here. so I have spent sort of 25 years in, in finance, in banking, um, but did a few things before that that probably sort of played an important part in my, in my career and definitely sort of led me to where I am. And, and actually, yeah, there's a real passion for small businesses and startups mm-hmm. and, and early stage businesses. So I fell out of university and probably what that's the right way of pra- phrasing it. Um, was and that then, due to all the partying? Or? That was that's probably due to, partly to that. Um, but did really had no idea what, what was next and spent five or six years, as my grandmother put it, drifting. Oh, um, okay. Uh, which I don't think she saw as a compliment at all. <laughs> but, but sort of did a number of different things. Sort of, I tried teaching for a year, um, was lots of periods of agency work and, and retail. I ended up working for a coal mining company, bizarrely, in Oklahoma wow. Wow. for a year. Um, but ended up in retail for a few years. And I think for me, that kind of spending time just exploring different industries and different things, and particularly sort of seeing retail and understanding sort of the reality of being on a high street or trying to run a business and trying to sort of encourage customers and customer services and just the, the reality of businesses just, I think, position me really well for what, what I do now and, and my sort of career in finance. At the time, I didn't see that, obviously. <laughs> At the time, I was starting to get quite worried but after sort of after that period I I was just lucky and it was a time when banking was trying to think of itself as being a retailer Mm -hmm. trying to think about being retail and so I again it felt like sort of just fortuitously sort of dropped into work for Midland Bank at the time right and they were they were trying to to change their branches to be more retail focused they wanted some retailers to go in so went in and did that for a few years and felt very odd because it, it, it didn't have a banky background, didn't have a finance background, mm-hmm. felt a little bit out of place and out of sorts. But I found myself saying things that seemed really obvious and people sort of would go, my God, that's brilliant, it's genius. And it was sort of uh-huh. like, well, that's just, that's the way it works in retail. And so I think I probably survived a few years of stating the obvious to people that <laughs> didn't see it I'm as sure obvious. Um, and, but, but then spent 20 years working for Midland and then HSBC and did all the, the range of different jobs in the commercial bank um, um, but ended up in small business banking looking after these 850,000 customers they had there in the sort of smaller end of their, their book and I just loved it I just love the 
the energy, the passion, the creativity, the sometimes the chaos of just entrepreneurialism and, and, and entrepreneurs and spending time with them and the origin stories mm. and what makes them work, what makes them tick. But then also from a professional perspective, it, it's about having trying to create efficient systems and processes because it's volume. So you're dealing with a lot of businesses, but it's kind of how do you make that process and their journey through the through the bank at the time, how do you make it as efficient as possible? Um, and so it's sort of things like you know, digital systems, digital processes, telephony, all that sort of good stuff. And you actually, under your sort of period of leadership, HSBC won a couple of really quite significant awards in that regard, didn't they? Yeah, yeah. We, 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 won, we won a number of awards around sort of small business banking, um, sort of the processes that we had, the telephony. Uh, we, we had some particularly strong telephony sort of awards during that period, which... And it, it's probably the bit in, I probably shouldn't say, it's probably the bit in banking that probably gets almost overlooked sometimes because you haven't got huge deals with huge numbers on it mm -hmm. or businesses that employ thousands of people. Mm -hmm. So the individual customers sometimes get overlooked. But I think those awards were around, it really did come down to having an efficient process that meant that those customers got as good a journey as they possibly could. And, and particularly we introduced a new onboarding sort of, digital onboarding tool that, that allowed the customers to open up their bank accounts much more quickly, much more right. efficient. And I mean, it's, it's every day now with all the new digital... But back then, but, but, it was but the time, quite it was, it was It was quite sort of innovative. So it was, it was a good period. And then I was sort of coming to the end of sort of running, doing, the, doing, a, doing that and looking at what was next. And I just happened to get a call that talked about the British Business Bank, uh, talked about what the bank was doing. And it just felt like the right thing. And I, and I really like the purpose behind the bank, the fact that, you know, I'm sure we'll come on to it, but an organisation, the British Business Bank, which is the government's economic development bank, and our, our, the core role there is, is to try and support businesses in the areas where the financial services system either is not quite working properly or where there's gaps or where there's potential mm -hmm. failures. And, and it sort of, it allows, allows you to sort of think about, well, Where's the support that the mainstream can't provide, and 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 try and find a solution for it, and that was quite quite exciting because sometimes it's almost the sort of sometimes the frustration when you work in an organisation that supports SMEs, and, and you think, well, it'd be great if we could do this, but there's a good reason why we can't. Well, actually, what you can do at the British Business Bank is try and fix that problem. So, moved the British Business Bank, where I look after startup loans, uh, bounce back loans. And other sort of microfinance schemes that the bank is working on. So it's it's, it's been, a, been a good experience, good good journey. What a fantastic but, uh, story! Quite fun. So let's. Um, one of the things I'm I'm keen to pick up on there is you know you talked about um, making it easier for businesses through telephony, through technology, and so on and so forth. And often for small businesses, time is of the essence, isn't it? You know, time is a yep. precious commodity when you're running your own business and you're the owner manager at the same time as the sales director yep. or the finance director or anything else. But you've clearly spent quite a significant amount of time in the private sector. You mentioned there that the bank is the government's economic um, development bank. Mm -hmm. What are you bringing from the private sector into your role today to continue to do that? Um, I, I think it. I think it's the real. I, I'm not saying I, I'm bringing it in. I, th I'm, I think the others have the same sort of view, but I think it's having that focus on the customer, and it's sort of. It's very easy, I think, in particularly where you're dealing with volumes. So startup loans, we'll, we'll provide about eleven thousand loans in 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 a, in a year. So you can end up looking at things like from 
spreadsheets and numbers and averages and consolidating all those numbers mm. down into sort of in, into sort of facts and figures. And and I think that what I, we talk to the team about a lot and what, what I think drives it is remember each one of those 11,000 is an individual or a small group of individuals that are starting their journey of being running a business. And you know, it, it's cliche, but they are all unique. They are mm. all different. And it's remembering that and, and constantly thinking about when we're building a process, building a system or introducing a policy or whatever it might be. Okay, how's it going to affect an individual business or an individual customer at the end of that that sort of at the end of that process and making sure that we have that customer centricity which I think it's you know in, in any big business but particularly where you've as I say it's a volume business it's it's very easy to lose it and to think yeah. about it as a sort of from a head office perspective of as I say sort of data rather than individual businesses yeah keeping or being that beacon that shines brightly to keep people grounded in that, you know, individual yeah. customer focus yeah. uh, is so important when the, you're dealing exactly, with the kind of volumes that you exactly. are. Exactly. There's lots. I mean, I'd say the same at HSBC and uh, as it is at the British Business Bank. But there's lots of things where it's a great idea, and then eventually you kind of think, yeah, but how's that going to affect the customer? You know, it's mm -hmm. a sort of it makes sense, sort of intellectually almost. But actually, when you go down to how's what's the impact on the customer? If it's not mm -hmm. having a positive impact or potentially it's having a detrimental impact, then you, you shouldn't be doing it, even if there's lots of other reasons for making that decision. Yeah. So let's, um, let's, what I'd really like to do now is to kind of drill down into startup loans particularly. Um, and um, tell us, tell us a, give us an overview of startup loans. If you were meeting a, a business who was thinking about, you know, an individual who was yeah. thinking about starting a business tomorrow, what would you say to them about startup loans? So startup loans, so it, it is hopefully clear what it is by the title, but you know, it is, it is fundamentally, it is to provide funding so, mm -hmm. so for us for a start someone starting a business or early stage so it's up to three-year-old businesses okay. so in that early stage of your sort of business lifetime it's the ability to get hold of some some money to invest in the business that's that's the center of it um and sometimes we describe ourselves as sort of the friends and family money for folk who perhaps can't access friends and family money so mm -hmm. it's it's very much that sort of seed or the early stage money to get into a business up to twenty-five thousand pounds okay um but as well as the money, I think probably as important or even more important is a, is a sort of wraparound support that's provided through mm. the scheme. So exactly as you say, when you're starting a business, it, it's time, yeah, people are very time, time short, short on time. And, and also there's so much to do. There's so many things mm. to deal with. Um, and usually the entrepreneur's got sort of a, a skill set or, or an idea or something where they're going to excel. Yeah. But there's all these other things they have to deal with. And, and accessing finance is one of those things that a lot of people have not done before, especially yeah. not in a if you're starting up in a sort of from a business perspective. So the support both pre-loan and post-loan I think is equally important for startup loans. The pre-loan support is really to work with the work with the entrepreneur really to sort of work through is funding right for them, is it affordable, how is it going to work? You know, taking the idea into a business plan, working on the business plan, working on the cash flow forecast, really to make sure that it all makes sense. And that the funding is right f for that individual and for that business and to help them build the idea so that ultimately they're credit ready, they're ready for to, to borrow money. And then the post-loan support to give them every chance of success once mm -hmm. they've launched. So, and I'm sure we'll come on to it, but but there's you know a whole load of support for the business to give them really the that wraparound care to mm. give them every chance of success. So it's it's a great scheme. It's a great scheme because 
it's not just the money, as I say, it's the support as well, which I think whenever you talk to the, the businesses, a lot of them, they come to us for the money, but in the end they value the support. Yeah, and, and that support is free as part of the actual funding package, yep. isn't it? Which is really yep. unique because um, there is quite a lot of time spent with the businesses, even at that pre-stage, as you suggest, talking through what the business is about, yep. what its aspirations are, what the barriers are, etc., before you even get into the loan. If, that, if that's I, what you I, need. I think so. I think so. And I said earlier, so what, you know, the British Business Bank, I think said earlier, our role is to try and fill the gaps mm. or, or where, where perhaps the... The industries can't can't provide some sort of support, and I think the startups it is it is really difficult to access funding as a startup mm. business for very good reasons. They, they are higher risk. There's yeah. no doubt about that. They can't deny that. So they're higher risk, so it is difficult to access funding. But I think the gap, the sort of the commercial gap, isn't actually the funding. It's the it's the support. Mm. It's it's the you know a, a, an organisation could provide funding at, at, at the, in the way that we do. But what's probably difficult for them is to is to take the time to work with the entrepreneur to yeah. get them to a position to where they can ready. be funded. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Now, um, we'll perhaps come back to the uh, some of the aspects of sport in the moment in the moment because I'm keen to understand a little bit more about there's a mentoring program mm-hmm. uh, with startup loans, etc. But um, you've hit well, startup loans and your team have hit some absolutely incredible milestones recently, haven't you? Yep. Tell us a little bit about those. Well, we've had we've actually had a really good run in the last year because we've. So I've, I've only worked there for just coming out to five years, but the schemes were going for 10. So we passed our 10-year anniversary a little while back. But then in the last year, we've hit uh, open, over 100,000 businesses that we supported. So we, we're well up to 105,000, but we passed the 100,000 mark. And then the most recent one is a billion. So we've, wow. we put a billion out into the market, which, um, again, you sort of say that it's... The one that from I think the hundred thousand is probably because a hundred thousand people businesses yeah. we've changed, but a billion is quite a nice marker yeah, for us yeah. to have sort of thrown out to the market, and um, and I, I do believe it, it changes lives, and mm. it changes lives in sort of the the commercial side of things. You know, obviously people run businesses and you know t- t- pay themselves a wage out of it and, yeah. and that sort of thing, but also it changes life because it's about confidence, it's about aspiration, and having an impact on people's sort of that sort of social impact which mm-hmm. I think is hugely important for us as well so it's 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 a it's a real it's been a proud it's been a great year I should put it that way well congratulations to you and the team because that is a huge huge achievement and um is it fair to say that businesses uh, startup businesses young businesses that use the startup loans program are more likely to uh, succeed beyond that uh, quite traditional trend of three years it gets quite tricky and a lot of businesses fail at that point yeah it yes it, it's it's quite difficult to get good comparisons on it but yes yeah definitely we, we know we have a much better success rate um, I think there's always a little bit of sort of what's the drivers behind that you know so I think there's a what 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 we're doing at the moment, actually, we're doing a, a piece of evaluation to really try and dig into what are the drivers of the success of the startup loans. Because I think you have to sort of accept that there might be an element of self-fulfilling prophecy. Those that come for the funding understand sort of what they need. They Maybe they have a greater chance of success in the first place. But I, I, I do believe, and there's really good evidence, that it's, it's sent, I mean, if you don't go through this way, essentially um, you, you're getting close to 80% go the full life of the five year of the loan 
and ultimately sort of exit at that, that point of the loan, pay it back at the end of the process. And you kind of go, well, therefore, 80% or close to 80% are surviving beyond the five years, yeah. which is a much, much higher rate than indeed. the survival rate of a startup. So we, we know we have a big impact on that. Um, but then you sort of start to dive into some of the detail and you see what happens to some of the businesses. And you know, there's there's fabulous stories out there. We've mm. just we've just had one just 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 had one that has just been valued at over a billion. Wow, goodness me! Uh, so tell us a little bit more well, about that. I can't give you all starts. the details. No, no, of course. Just share with us the anonymous. But they you can they share. took started loan about five five or six years ago, uh-huh. and um, they raised one hundred fifty thousand uh, for their sort of you know, very much their next stage of their growth. Uh, not from startup loans, but yeah. they raised 150, 150 million, sorry, um, which valued the company at a billion. Wow. Just over a billion. So that, you know, how on earth do you get from a, a seed of 25,000 to being in a position over that time frame where you can raise 150 million? What, well, what I, difference do you think that 25,000 well, made? Well, I'll give another story that sort of to try and answer the question. But actually, for them, they took fifty thousand because you can take as a, each director can okay, take twenty five each. So I'd be really precise there. They took fifty twenty five thousand each. Even but so, that's there. quite a journey. Uh, it's quite a journey. <laughs> yeah. Well, it, clearly, that's a it's not a one off. There are other good stories, but it, it's it's a, it's a, it's a very special story for yeah. us. But but the reason why, what well, the impact it had, a, a different a different startup loan recipient who they took a load about same sort of time, about five or six years ago. And he was talking to, I've heard him say this a couple of times, and he was saying that when, when you start a business, quite often you're making commitments and promises to people, not commitments, I shouldn't make commitments and promises, but you're, you're, you're working ahead of yourself. Mm-hmm. So he was saying that he started a business, they, they'd taken on a contract mm-hmm. and they had to go and find a supplier to supply the contract and they hadn't okay. really locked down the supplier. And... And he said, when I got the call that the startup loan had been approved, that £25,000 really meant the business could actually progress. Right. And he said, it was the, he said it was the lifeblood of the business. It's that, that ability to supply the first contract or get the first piece of equipment or, or just get the, the, that first piece of research and development con- concluded. And, of course, there's so much more that, that they do, the entrepreneur does, to get to the success of the billion pounds or whatever the success is, you know. But it's the... I like to think of it, it's the sort of the, the catalyst mm. that starts that journey. Mm. And I think it's, 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 you know, something we're really proud of. That's such a great story. In terms of, um, one of the things I understand is that uh, the bank doesn't deliver startup loans directly itself. It works through a network of mm-hmm. delivery partners. Yeah. Tell us a little bit more about that and why that network is important to the bank. Yeah, so we, we have this, this network and they really are the, the key part of the scheme and, and they to be honest, they probably do all the heavy lifting. And, and so I kind of have to give them a huge amount of credit for what they do. So we have three types of delivery partners. Um, we have our national delivery partners who effectively sort of provide sort of volume support. So they, they would deal with a, sort of a large quantity of our, our applicants and they obviously cover the whole of the whole of the UK. But then we then have our regional delivery partners. So each region and devolved nation have a specialist delivery partner. and, and what they're doing is they're effectively giving that sort of regional and local understanding and local support. So okay. having that much better understanding of what's going on in particular towns or or cities in their in their particular region. And then we have specialist delivery partners who 
tend to deliver a slightly smaller number of loans, but in a really specialist sort of area of business community or subset of a business community. So with ex-forces that look after people that leave the military, Prince's Trust, supporting young entrepreneurs. But all those delivery partners, they're really, I guess they're where the magic happens. Mm. And, and they are the ones that are, that are giving that, that support to help the entrepreneur understand the business, work on the business plan, and ultimately take it through to the, to the loan. And it's, it's, quite a, it's quite an efficient way of doing it because it means we don't have to have a sort of a, a big centralised sort of team giving support. But actually, the real value of it is they, you've got people that are experts in supporting businesses and particularly that, that local understanding for the regionals and the specialist understanding for our specialist support partners. Interesting. And, and just going right back to where you started, you know, talking quite passionately about individual entrepreneurs and the need to make sure that you remember that it's mm. not just a number and they're individual entrepreneurs. That suggests to me that, you know, it's really supporting that ethos, that 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 value yeah. that actually you want to make sure that the advice that they receive, the support that they received yeah. is tailored as possible to exactly. them rather than something that's well, I, I a bit think, more generic. Exactly. I think that's that's a big difference between what we do at Startup Loans and, and the mainstream industry in, in the volume space yeah. and the smaller end is that we do have digital systems that, that play a role in the process. But the vast majority of applicants, even if they don't go to take a loan, they work with they work with a with with a, with a person. They work mm. with someone that actually is their 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 advisor through that journey, and so they, as you say, it gets bespoke and they get that sort of human interaction that mm. that I think is really important because again, you go back to what we were saying earlier. When you're starting business, you don't know all the answers, and that so each one is unique, and all the the, the challenges are quite often unique, and some of the questions. That and the back and forth are on a huge range of different topics mm-hmm. that aren't always about the loan or the, the the key essence of the business. It's just that 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 ability to talk to someone who's acting as your effectively your mentor, but before the loan, your mentor or your guide to give you the confidence. To think, no, it's a good idea. It can work. It mm-hmm. will work. And I've got enough support around me to deal with the things I don't know about, and I can actually you know take that huge step and leap. Yeah, yeah. And, you, and you made a point there, Richard, that not everybody takes a loan, which I think is is, is really important. So yeah. if people get in touch with the Startup Loans team in whatever locality um, and they're interested in exploring a loan, they're not obliged to take that at that point. They don't have no. to be taking a loan in order to receive that support. No, that, so there's a lot of the support is is unconnected. So the pre-loan support, absolutely. Uh, and. And not everyone takes the loan, and sometimes we do reject them as well, yeah. Yeah, because it's yeah. ultimately it is a loan, and, and they, they, you, we want them repaid where we where we can because they recycle the funds. But um, that pre-loan support, a lot of the a lot of the time, it, people aren't actually getting rejected as such. They're actually coming to the conclusion it's not right. For them, it's not right at the moment. It's not right to progress, or I need to go and think about it. Mm-hmm. So, a lot of the sort of conversations are all about it's sort of yes but Mm -hmm. so it's yeah we can do it but we need to do this change that think about this evolve the business and uh, one of my one of my favorite kind of stories from my time at that was quite early on actually I was sat with one of our with a business advisor um, and she sort of she sort of let out a holler of delight (laughs) and obviously I was like what's going on and she said well I've just had a loan approved so uh, one of my one of my customers has just had a loan approved and and she started to say, and she was the th- it, it, she'd been working with this customer for over eighteen months. Wow! 
And the, mm. this was the third business that the customer had come, come, come forward with. Yeah. And the previous two, for whatever reason, just as they talked about it and worked it through, hadn't, just didn't make sense, didn't work, wasn't yeah. going to kind of play through and, and the person went away to think again. And okay, you don't want every situation to take 18 months. Of but course. I thought it was a really nice story, that kind of, that's the support we're giving. Because if the, if the, if the person had gone on with that first business and it had failed, you know, we wouldn't have been, we'd have been doing them a disservice. So that's yeah. spending the time and, and evolving the idea and coming back with different ideas. I think it just was a nice, uh, uh, yeah, it's just a nice story to show the kind of the value of spending time to talk about the business before you go and launch and make sure Absolutely. that the fundamentals are right and things are in the right place. I would say I don't want them all to all take 18 months. Though. Yes, I'm sure that's true, <laughs> but it is certainly a great story. So if we if we move on to kind of post loan, one of the things I understand uh, that you can also benefit from with the scheme is once you've been given a loan, you can access free mentoring. Yep. Now, um, it's almost a little bit of a best kept secret. Not everybody takes this up. Yep. Tell us why they should. You know, what is it about the mentoring that really makes a difference? So... The best advocates for why the mentoring makes a difference is the applicants or the, the, the customers that have taken the mentoring mm. and then just hearing them talk about it. Mm. And, and you're right, a lot, of, a lot of people don't. So although it's there and it's available, it's free, um, every applicant can have, can have the mentoring, a, a lot don't take it. And I understand why, because as you say, they're very, very time. busy. It's busy. Yeah. There's lots to do. I've got my money. I want to launch. I want to do whatever I want to do. Yeah. Haven't got time for this. But when you speak to those that have taken it, you clearly make such a difference because mm. it's having someone that's not necessarily been there and done exactly what you're doing, but someone that's got some expertise that has either sort of run the business themselves or spent a lot of time working with entrepreneurs. And it is that ability to talk through the problems, the issues, and to to stop and think and look at the bigger picture sometimes. Mm. And I, I think, you know, I, I need to do more of that. I'm yeah. sure you need to do we more of that sometimes. But, Absolutely. but to have someone that sort of makes you do it yeah. and, and can sort of structure the conversations in a way that's going to be beneficial, it just gives such such power to the business yeah. uh, and, and, and ensures you're looking beyond the sort of the the myriad of here and now issues and think yeah. about okay, how we're going to make this business successful. I think at any stage of your business, um, that uh, having access to people who will make you pause just for a moment and reflect and yeah. think a little differently rather than being on the hamster wheel of the day yeah. to day is absolutely crucial. We, we use board advisors and professional advisors to do that and I won't deny, I roll my eyes when I think, oh God, I've got an hour with such and such, but invariably yeah. something really, really beneficial absolutely. will have come out the big, of it. The biggest, you know, I think, working for an organization rather than running a business the close thing is you know i have i've had lots of mentors along the way and yeah. coaches along the way and and they've been part of the biggest changes in the way Indeed. i work and the yeah. thing my personal success is hugely as a result of that time spent with those individuals and i think you know if you're running a business i i'd like to think it's the same value yeah and you mentioned there that you know the best advocates of it or the best way to understand the value of, of that mentorship program is uh, to hear the stories of yeah. people who've been there and done that. And um, am I right in saying that you have a range of ambassadors, people who have felt so yeah. strongly about the value that they've got from startup loans, not monetary yeah. value, but that broader value that you're describing there. Yeah. You have an ambassadors program, yeah, we do. don't you? We do. Yeah, so each year we have 12 ambassadors 
Um, and they're exactly that. They're just recent recipients of a loan that um, you cover the whole, whole, whole length and breadth of the country. And and exactly are the, the you know, we we leaned on them very heavily. You know, I'm hugely grateful for their time, but they are willing to sort of get in the press to sort of do do podcasts to do to do whatever it takes to get the story out because I, I still think it is a it's it is still a, a great kept secret for some mm-hmm. entrepreneurs lots of people don't know about it so the ambassadors are a collection of wonderful business people mm-hmm. that are willing to give their time to to advocate and to explain what what benefit the schemes had for their business mm-hmm. brilliant so I guess if we uh, just come back to you uh, mm-hmm. and your experience and somebody who is clearly deeply passionate about entrepreneurship and making sure that the ecosystem works in a way that makes it easier to be an entrepreneur and also um, more likely that you're going to succeed, what, what have you picked up along the way? What advice would you give people who are in those early stages at the moment? So... The first bit of us, I think, is sort of um, is contradictory, which is take the time to plan, but also don't take too long. <laughs> okay. <laughs> which is which is what's that sort of advice, which is hopelessly useless. <laughs> but I, but I, I do think there's something about it. So I think so, some of the some of the cases, the, some of the saddest cases in my career, where you sort of see somebody, you think you've got something here. But you, you're not willing to put the time in to plan it through, mm. because if you're particularly if you're looking for finance, there has to be a degree of structure to it. You have to be able to sort of explain it, uh, and essentially, be it through startup loans or any finance that you're going to, be it big or small, you're usually sat opposite somebody. Particularly um, as you go up the scale of finance, you're usually sat opposite someone or a team of people, where and you've got to get it across to them. You've got to explain it. You've got to ultimately reassure them they're going to get their money back. So there has to be some planning in that, and so some structure. Um, but equally, you also come across a lot of people that are almost sort of frozen in over planning. Mm-hmm. And, and I just I say that because sometimes there's do the planning, but no one enough's enough. Yeah. And, and I think that's where startup loans is a real benefit because that's what that's our role is to work with you to help you plan and then get to the point of going, enough, let's go. Let's, you, know, you can go now. You have the confidence yeah. to launch. So I think, I think that sort of contradictory point is something that I've, I've definitely take away. But the other one is, it, I think for small businesses, it's small businesses to think like a big business. Mm-hmm. And, and I think what, what, and what I would mean by that is, it's not just think big, but absolutely have big ambitions, have big dreams. But, but a big business or have a board, they'll have an executive committee, they'll have a head of HR, they'll have a, a you know, general counsel, all that sort of stuff. As a small business, you obviously haven't got that, but think like a big business and think about your support in, in, ecosystem. Who do you know around you that can be a kind of an advisor, a support system? You know, who do you know that, and it doesn't have to be someone that's a marketeer, but who do you know that you can spend time if you haven't got marketing experience thinking about how do I... How do I sell my product? How do I better sell the product? Who do you know that can provide advisory support around how finance works? So build a sort of a virtual executive committee around you. You're using ourselves, mm-hmm. your organisation, all the support organisations are out there. So you've got an infrastructure that's going to help you be successful. Because the, 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 what you're doing there is you're acknowledging the areas that you don't have expertise in. Mm-hmm. And no one knows, every, you know, no, nobody launches a business knowing all the, having all the answers. And so I always think having a, a virtual executive committee or a virtual board around you, and then as you grow your business, as it gets bigger, 
start to drop in formally some of those roles. And I, and I think it's, it's key because, again, a, a lot of entrepreneurs, they, they try and do too much themselves. Mm. They try and own everything. Yeah. And it's just acknowledging, well, you don't, you can't. So therefore have experts around you or at least people that can be your sounding board. Brilliant. Thank you. Well, uh, Richard, I've actually learned quite a lot today about startup loans, and it's incredible, actually, how much um, is surrounds the actual loan itself, that £25,000. Yeah, yeah. uh, we actually haven't talked about money very much, the actual loan no, very much. and that's fantastic, <laughs> because whilst that is clearly incredibly important, it wouldn't exist if it wasn't, the difference that the support around it is making is also mm. in, you know, phenomenal. And um, the fact that actually young, new um, uh, people who've already done it once before, entrepreneurs can, can access this free of charge and receive that really objective mentorship mm. and advice. And there's lots of free tools. I know Umi Satnav's one of them as well that they can access as part of receiving a loan. It's just, it's just simply brilliant. Yep. So how do people get at it? Where do they need to go? How do they yep. take that first step into startup loans? So... The, the easiest route is good old get onto a search system. There's mm -hmm. an obvious one you could go in, but start look up startup loans and we will come out top. But it is startuploans.co.uk. Um, but we have our, our partners. We have partners around the UK. So you can come to us through our partners. But if you come in to us centrally, we will then pass you on to the partner that's local to you. So, okay. so look up startup loans, come to the British Business Bank, and we will then put you in touch with your local partner and, and we'll, we'll get on with supporting you. Brilliant. Thanks, Richard. It's been an absolute pleasure. And thank you to you for continuing to be that real champion in making it easier for businesses to access Thank you finance. for your support. Really appreciate it. Thank you.